Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we are at speed, set, and action. From Justice, this week, Edwina's on the road. So I'm here on the hallowed cobbles of the world's longest-running TV soap, or as they call it officially in the industry, the continuing drama that is the famous Coronation Street. Corrie has tackled hundreds of issues in its portrayal of everyday folk living in the back streets of the fictional town of Weatherfield. And over the past 60 years, its characters have had many brushes with the law and prison. Older listeners might remember characters such as Eddie Yates, he was played by Geoffrey Hughes in the 1970s. He endeared audiences with his petty crime antics. Viewers would often see Eddie try to go straight, only for him to return pretty soon to his roguish ways. He just couldn't help himself. Fast forward 40 years and there's a new character who's been struggling to play it straight. This time it's a woman. Abby Franklin has come onto the street after a stretch at Style Prison in Cheshire, somewhere in real life where I worked as a volunteer for two years. Later, we'll be hearing from the actor who brings Abby Franklin to life. But first, I'm off to meet Corrie's story editor, Lindsay Williams. We have a story team and a writing team, and they do slightly different jobs. So a story team, the job is to write the stories for the month or for the blog. So we work in months at a time. The story team will write a document that tells all the stories for all the different characters over a a month's period of time. At the end of that month, there is a document that's about 300 pages long that exists that then gets um, commissioned to the scriptwriters, and then they write the episodes based on those stories. Producer, Ian McLeod at the moment, and it was uh, Kate Oates, has the final say on the stories, but it's generally the whole team. The writing team and the story writing team are the ones. We have a conference every month, and at that conference we decide roughly what we're going to do, and then it's down to me and my team to put those stories together, and the producer has the final say on that. I guess there's people from incredibly different backgrounds there, so how do you ever come to any consensus? Because I should imagine there's some things that people feel really personal personally about and passionately about and and then other people who'd be like I don't want to I don't want to go there. Yes, it's very heated, Um, yeah, for sure. Um, So there's about between 30 and 50 people at each of these conferences. And um, we talk about a character at a time or a character group at a time. And we discuss various ideas. People pitch ideas. Other people put their ideas forward on those pitches. And ultimately, it's down to Ian McLeod and myself and the story team to decide Mm. which of those pitches are being played. So Have you ever had any standoffs? (laughs) Like sort of reaching stalemates where one side is... 
Uh, yes, <laughs> quite a Lots. few. Yeah, yeah. But to be honest, we find those are actually usually the best stories where people feel very passionately either way about it. So we know that there's going to be a lot of material and there's going to be a lot of things to talk about within a story if people feel really strongly. It's when people don't feel that strongly that that's the problem really it's better better to have yeah really heated debate and discussion um, leads to a better story and we usually means that we can interrogate a story and make sure it works when everyone has a say in it so talk me through the character of abby then and how abby came about when was sort of abby born how long ago? So that was about a, over a year ago, I think, in our terms. We work six months ahead of what's on screen, at least six months. And really, we wanted to throw some light on the character of Seb and find out what Seb's home life was like. Seb was her son, Was right? her son, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, and we introduced him first as quite a troubled teen character and his girlfriend, Faye's mum, Anna, disapproved of him and wasn't sure about him at all. And what we wanted was for Anna to see some of his home life and find out what his home life was, was about. So originally it was conceived as a really quite a small part where Anna would go to the house and would see that Seb's home life was a lot more difficult than she had realised and that Seb's mum had problems with drugs and was struggling to keep custody of her children and therefore Anna would get embroiled in Seb's life and I think originally that was what we were going to do with the character but straight away we loved the character of Abby we loved writing her and when we cast Sally Carmen we loved what she did with the role and we just found the character to be a character that we didn't have at the moment that's really important for us is what kind of characters have we got on screen because it's about getting different types of people um, represented and that have different story functions for us and Abby is somebody that we didn't have um, so we decided to expand the role a bit. So she came as a character out of style prison is that right? She had been in prison but I think she had been out of prison for some time when we first saw her but she was struggling with a major drug problem at the point where we saw her and also losing custody of her children. So So a group of you at the conference was it a, a particular person who sort of thought well we don't have this type of person represented had had did that come about because obviously someone somewhere said we, we need some representation of maybe a female ex-prisoner um well i think we thought that yeah she was someone who had had a colorful past and had had troubles and had had a difficult time I think it was generally a group decision, as as often is the case, is that somewhere along the way we said, yeah, no, we need we need someone who who has had this kind of background, who has been troubled, and who can end up getting in the kind of situations that some of our other characters couldn't really get in and could mm. say the kind of things that some of our other characters, you know, and just to show a different type of person on screen, really. And what's the reaction been like to Abby? I think at first they weren't quite sure about her which I think is understandable really because she came in and she had problems and she was struggling with her kids and I think they saw her more as her set of problems as opposed to the person that she was and then I think when we started to introduce her onto the street and we started seeing the difficulties that she faced and she couldn't get a job because she was turned down because she had got her mechanics qualifications in prison and when the people at the garage realised that they were less sure about giving her the job I think we started to see who she was as a person and the struggles she faced and how much she actually loved her kids and wanted to 
give her kids the best possible life despite all the obstacles that she faced and I think both the characters on the street and hopefully the audience started to warm to Abby and understand what she was like really and that she was a person who had made mistakes and had made mistakes because she'd been through hard times and was now trying to sort herself out and was Mm. trying to start a new life and I hope that endeared her to the audience more Mm. because I think that's such an important part really isn't it sort of portraying these people not as some type of otherworldly monster but actually any one of us could end up in prison for all sorts of things that we don't necessarily mean to do and of course some people do things that they mean to do but actually it's about seeing the sort of individual as someone who's striving to provide for their children and trying to get a job and trying to go on the straight and narrow and often they actually just don't know how to yeah the sort of barriers that they face yeah totally agree and I think I think we see Abby as having had really quite a difficult um, life and we certainly haven't seen all of this on screen yet but the way we saw her backstory is that she yeah she'd got into difficulties as quite a young teenager and she'd had her son very young and she had been introduced to drugs really quite early and that many of her problems were based on the fact that she had a drug addiction and that had led her to prison which had led her into further drug addiction and had led her on a cycle that she couldn't quite get out of Mm. and now we're seeing her try and get out of that cycle which I think is is really interesting. How in the storyline do you sort of portray that the realism of actually how hard it is to come out of prison and stay on the straight and narrow? We do see Abby have her problems and still have her problems. Um, she is a drug addict who will always have a problem with addiction, so she fights that every day. We might not always see that on screen, but in, we know that every day she is fighting that um, and that sometimes she will lapse and sometimes she will have bad days, she'll have good days. I know in future, you know, there will be times when she gets in, in even more trouble again because she's someone that's trying to change her life, but changing your life isn't always that straightforward and she's very much trying to do the right thing for her kids but that's not always easy for her and she has a son Seb who yeah sometimes he's felt like the parent in their relationship and so he is struggling to have her try and change her life and he is embarrassed of her sometimes and he does sometimes worry about her but she's also got these two twins who are in um, social services custody at the moment so they're with foster parents and Seb was quite negatively affected wasn't he when the children were taken away when the two little twins were taken away yes because he'd essentially been the parent carer for a number of years whilst Abby was trying her best but she was not in a great state at that point so Seb was the one that was really taking care of them but once social services got involved obviously he wasn't old enough to look after them so um, they were taken into foster care and now Abby is trying really hard to sort herself out to get custody of the twins back and to get Seb back on side and that is increasingly complicated for her as she starts to in question in the future what she's doing why she's mm-hmm doing it and also as the kids become more estranged from her so the kids that have been in foster care are increasingly used to being in foster care and increasingly unsure about being around their real family so mm. it's, it's very difficult for her I think this and it must be quite difficult to portray the struggle with other organizations maybe like social services and the different agencies that are involved that are sometimes there to help but sometimes they're not that helpful is that easy as a storyliner and sort of trying to get these stories across to 
get across to the viewer? Um, yeah, I think I think actually it's something that we find quite useful in a way mm. is that we know really how social services sometimes will look at Abby. We certainly know how we see that the police might look at Abby. Sometimes Abby is judged on her past and her record. And, and very little else so um, I know we've got situations that come up where a crime has been committed and the first person that people look at is Abby because she's the one with the really long record and so therefore actually that's what it's sort of mean about kind of a character like that because straight away we know that the finger will point at mm-hmm. Abby and that's very difficult for her and sometimes she gets quite riled by that and sometimes she ends up doing things that she shouldn't do because she thinks well if I'm being judged for this I may as well do it sort yeah. of thing so yeah we do feel that that's how the police and social services often treat Abby. I've recently done a podcast about maternal imprisonment and I was sort of wondering about your um, opinion on how people see the children of prisoners um, do you think they see them as the innocent victims or we watched a, it was the loose women debate that was on about maternal imprisonment and it was really interesting because Janet Street Porter sort of got it whereas the rest of the panel the debate was about maternal imprisonment and at the effects of the children and everyone else basically went well she's done the crime she does the time and it's like no we're talking about the children yeah well if someone commits a crime blah 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 and they kept going on about the women committing these particular crimes and it was so interesting because it totally shone a light on the problems of children of prisoners Mm. the fact that there's no provision for them the fact that they're completely invisible abby has got three kids who have really suffered i think because of what's been going on with their mother and certainly we've seen that with seb seb's had a really hard time and yeah i think we totally will carry on having a hard time for the rest rest of his his life life, right and the twins yeah and and the twins we've got a story coming up with the twins actually which is really about um abby's guilt at what's happened to the twins and her difficulty in trying to work out what to do for the best in future because there have been large chunks of their life where she's not been a part of it she's their mother but she's not been a part of it and what effect has that had on them and what is best for them in the future so yeah I find it shocking that anyone wouldn't think of the kids do you feel um for some of these really you know in-depth storylines do you feel a response a real responsibility to have to obviously portray it in in a certain way to make sure that because at the end of the day it's kind of education as well isn't it for the viewer some viewers of coronation street might never have thought about women in prison and the issues that go around it so do you feel a sense of responsibility to Uh, it's it's always a balancing act because i think our primary aim is to tell the stories and to tell stories in an entertaining and interesting way but yeah i think we really do particularly recently we've been telling some stories that we felt a real responsibility to to tell um, and Abby's is one of those, but there's also David's story about the attack and the male mental health stories that we've been doing about Aidan's suicide. And, yeah, we really do believe that we it, it is really a part of our job to, to get the fact, you know, the facts out there and mm. to try and portray things that people have never really seen before on, on TV and, yeah, and just to be real about it because... Yeah. Yeah, it's important to be truthful about these things, we think. So, yeah. It's interesting you use that word entertainment because it's a bit of a dichotomy, isn't it? Because a lot of this stuff is so deep and sort of quite depressing, actually. And yet it still is entertainment. Do you ever get people sort of writing and going, do you know what? Can you just make it all a bit more jolly? Uh, yes definitely yes yes we do get that all the time and and our job really and that is one of my main jobs is to strike a balance between between stories that are heartbreaking and emotional and stories that are funny and stories that are 
quite gripping. So, yeah, we have to have a balance at all times. So um, then we have a story actually coming up that's set in prison, and that's been a, a tricky thing to find the balance between something that's real and emotional and something that does have moments of humour and levity. And But some stories it's difficult. <laughs> some stories mm. it's very difficult to find the comedy in there. And But, yeah, that's what Coronation Street does really well. So why is Sally so well-placed to play the part of Abby? So I think Sally had been seen on this show for a number of parts and when the part of Abby came up straight away we thought of her because there is something about the parts that Sally has played before both on TV and also on the stage. I've worked with her before on various stage shows and we know that she just has a real affinity for women who have got troubled past and that she just brings something very real but very human to to them as well so there's something your heart always breaks for um for Sally when you're watching her play some of these parts so she always makes me cry watching her when she when she's struggling and I think she was just straight away we knew she was perfect and once we saw her as a whole writing team we saw her do the role that's when we wanted to make so much more of it because there was something about everything that she brought to it and her knowledge and her vulnerability that made us want to write more for the character and really to to bring that very human side to it so Mm. it was really quite specifically yeah writing for the actress herself so So that's quite interesting how you were sort of saying that if a particular actor or actress is really good at what they do it might guide you as the the storyliners oh yeah absolutely it's so much easier to write for a character once you've seen them on screen and once you've seen what they're doing and yeah um you can just it it sparks ideas basically so you see them and you think well that'd be great so she wasn't a mechanic the character wasn't a mechanic until until we saw sally in the part and we thought yes she'd be a great mechanic Uh she'd be really good almost like thinking about that you know those kind of Kylie Minogue days in in Neighbours and thinking yeah "Yeah, we could just really see Sally doing that and um, so that that's how kind of that idea came about really so yeah so if someone's not particularly good they just miraculously have a heart attack and disappear (laughs) I'm not answering that question (laughs) (laughs) I have to ask thank you so much for your time today no thank you it was great to talk Corrie Story Editor Lindsay Williams. From Justice. Today, Edwina's on the road as she goes behind the scenes on Coronation Street. So what's it like playing the troubled Abby Franklin in Coronation Street? Sally's had a really busy day on set, but earlier I managed to grab her for a few minutes. I love that she's flawed. I love that she represents a whole spectrum of emotions and situations which people can relate to. I love that she's a woman's woman. I love that even though she's been in situations which have ended badly for her and she's made bad decisions in her life, like ending up in prison and things like that, that she isn't a bad person, that she's a victim of self. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Circumstance in a lot of situations and she's doing her best. So I, I love that about her. I love that. She's still got hope. She's still hopeful. And she's got so much potential. Mm. But she's flawed. How do you go about immersing yourself into a character? Because clearly with all the issues of um, a woman coming out of prison and you have three children, how much do you have to sort of really go deep into it? It's really interesting that. The whole thing of being in prison and then leaving prison. In previous jobs, um, I had to speak to partners of prisoners and also go into prisons and talk to people who were in prison. And what I found was as soon as a person leaves prison, they're kind of left high and dry a little bit. There is no sort of help or support. There's something really lacking in that time when you leave and and get yourself set up and and trying to have another go at life. So I I really understand why people can reoffend because it's, it's, it's their only option. Yeah. And they're looked after, whereas, you know, some people just end up straight back on the street and, and and things like that. And it's easy to make sweeping judgments. And I think with Abby's story, what's really interesting is that she has actually I've been really lucky. She's got a job. I mean, it's Coronation Street, obviously. You, you've got to incorporate the character to, to sort of give him a chance. But it's something that I've been able to play with a little bit more with the children, whereas they've been uh, put into foster care and... The storyline actually running this week is her having visits with her two younger children and it doesn't go well. She doesn't really know how to talk to them anymore. She loves them dearly, but she doesn't trust herself. She doesn't think she's capable. She's worried about messing it up and she she just needs support and help and there actually isn't any. Her only support and help really is Seb, who's a child, who's 17 and she's fully aware she puts on him as well. So she's ridden with guilt and she just hasn't got her own back. She doesn't believe in herself for obvious reasons, and she she crumbles. Mm. She doesn't. She doesn't. You know, pass the test. She she fails it. And how much does the emotional side of Abby affect the emotional side of Sally? Um, it affects me a lot. I love playing those kind of scenes and those storylines because, you know, as a woman who has only ever had support, the amount of times I've messed up. Or made massive mistakes, mm. which could have gone either way, but therefore the grace of God, you know. And the amount of times I've perhaps not had faith in myself, or you know, it took me until being forty-one to get a dog because I didn't know if I'd be responsible <laughs> enough to look after one. And that's, you know, is and your I'm, dog still alive? He's still alive. Yeah, exactly. Quite <laughs> okay, happy little dog. But, but it's that thing, isn't it? And that's me with a wonderful life and all the support in the world and the opportunity and. 
Yeah. Do you think there's um, a big misunderstanding generally with society about these types of issues, whether it's a man coming out of prison, whether it's a woman coming out of prison? There absolutely is, yeah. yeah. There's a massive misunderstanding, and this is the problem with a lot of people. They read a sweeping headline in a newspaper or online, or a neighbour said, oh, you can't trust that person, and they believe it because they want to, you know, and, and justifies their fear, because it's all fear. You know, we see the power of the headlines of the Daily Mail, yet the media can have such a profoundly brilliant influence on people's minds mm, absolutely so where do you how do you sort of I mean it, it, on that? in an ideal world it, it would be represented properly and truthfully but you know sensible headlines don't sell papers mm. and you know whether you like it or not that's the way it is and it's unfortunate because you know it's never attacking the people who have the money or the stability or the wherewithal to to deal with that it's always the underdog it's always someone who's been kicked enough yeah absolutely yeah so what would be your hope over however long the lifespan of abby on uh, coronation street is what would be your hope in sort of what impact she makes on the sort of public consciousness i would love for abby to stay troubled and and for her to to fail and you know to get her life up and running and start having support but not become this sort of middle-class character who's got her act together. Like, she really does... Yeah, I'd really like her to keep messing up, to be relevant, you know, because people do. And, and you know, the, the thing that there's a storyline where she ends up back in prison, and I think that's great because that's life, you know, and she's she's had a tough life, and this is what happens. And it, it's, if you can like a character... I, I, I want her to be likeable. I don't particularly want her to be polished or anything like that, but I want her to be likeable and... If someone you like, whatever happens with her going to prison, it's, it's actually not her fault. Things like that, you can kind of go, well, maybe that, maybe that person who was in prison, maybe, you know, they're not all bad, or there is a story, or there's a reason, or, you mm. know, we can be too quick to judge. And So it would be nice to just bring a little bit of grey to the black and white viewpoints of some people, to just start a bit of grey matter there. Mm. Drama's brilliant because it creates empathy. You can um, watch a show and you can feel something for a character that you don't particularly agree with their viewpoints or what they're doing, but you, you might understand why they're doing it or or you really wish they, they wouldn't do it. And, you, you know, that it's that connection, isn't it? And if you can connect to a character or to something you see and you, you've got that empathy, you can, you, you've got that pull, then you're invested and you care. And if you can get people to care, then you're laughing, really, because that's when, if you care, then you're willing to listen a bit more, I think. Do you think in sort of in Abby's world and, and with the children that people understand that they are the innocent victims in all of this? Initially, people go, oh, yeah, the children, but then when it gets down to it, it's like, well, we don't quite know what to do or yeah, that's not a not problem. Yeah, and then it's like, well, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, maybe, or you know, mm. well, like you say, she, they did the crime. That's just the payoff. But I think it's terrible, you know, that these young lives they aren't protected and, and loved properly a lot of the time, and ferried from one place to another and get lost in the system mm. and all those broken attachments. Oh, it's horrendous. I mean, you 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 can't recover from that, or you very few do. Because um, to recover from that, you need to have therapy, and therapy costs a lot of money. Well, exactly. Yeah, so I, I think it's it is short sighted as well because actually you're, re, you're creating you know you're recreating a problem and they mm. might end up in they will always be in the system mm. um, or a majority will and you know that's if you want to actually try and solve this problem solve these problems then look at that and, 
Absolutely. Yeah. And interesting enough, you know, I've just learned recently after nearly two decades of working in, in prisons is the fact that when a child is removed from their mother in a family court, there's a package of support that goes with them and they might go to foster care or they'll be adopted and, and there's money for their care. If a child is removed from their mother at court because she's gone to prison, there is nothing. Wow absolutely nothing and I find that fascinating and terrifying for lots of reasons and mainly because you know next year is my 20th year of working in this area and I'm still learning about these things that you think this is Dickensian that is Dickensian that's (laughs) that's workhouse poorhouse nonsense right there I mean that's horrendous that is entirely blaming a child for something that is nothing to do with them the stat which i think is the tip of the iceberg is 17,000 children a year are removed from mothers in this country and bearing in mind 85 percent of women are in prison for non-violent crimes and there's only 4,000 women in prison um, in this country so it's a very small number of women most of whom are non-violent and so there's a big call to obviously try and get rid of short sentences because we know that women on short sentences are 70% more likely to commit a crime. Yeah, you know, and also that for those children who have been separated in for a month, for a child, that's a lifetime and that can have catastrophic effects. Well, and also often it's long enough for them to go into care and then often the women then come out so broken they've lost their homes their jobs and their children and they can't find out where the children are Mm. they just can't get it together to build their life back up again so what are they going to do of course they're going to end up taking drugs and hitting the streets of course they are i would and it's like it's almost like the system has been designed to completely ruin people yeah like obliterate yeah so talking about seb what sort of part does he play in sort of abby's life and trying to help his mum he's had to grow up very very quickly he's very aware of all his mother's failings but as as children do with their parents they are eternally hopeful that they will get their act together and he's seen her in so many i mean we when i first the first things i did on corrie were me having an overdose and and said finding me and not wanting an ambulance call because he knew how to deal with it and he knew that the police would then have to be called and it would put the children into danger. So he's got the responsibility of the world on his shoulders due to his mum and her addiction, which is the root of a lot of her problems. And anyone who's addicted to drugs, from my understanding of it, you know, sober life is so difficult, like walking around without a layer of skin and the guilt and the worry and the stress and... You know, she's white fingernailing every day. It's, it's, it must be horrendous. And to also have a son who you know is putting his own life on hold and being worried and anxious and hurt, that must be so hard to look into that child's eyes and not feel anything other than I just want to go away again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he, she is so reliant on him in so many ways and he's so wonderful with her because he just he loves her. But, you know, she's also aware that more than he is, I suppose, because he's still a child he's, and he's, he's still quite, you know, hopeful and um, on her side. She's aware that that won't always be the case and people do go away or let you down or can't mm. cope with it anymore. Uh, the twins were taken into care yeah, and Seb was distraught by them disappearing. Um, so has he also had to almost play a sort of father role in a mm. way to, well, probably a father and a mother role to the twins? Yeah, absolutely. All, all Seb ever wanted was to be a family unit for me to clear my act up and us all to just be happy, uh, which is all children want, isn't it? For mm. them to feel secure and have boundaries and know they're loved. Um, so when that finally happened, where the children were taken away, he lost everything. You know, he was he just wanted his mum to 
get her act together and and get this family together because he knew she wanted that he knows that that's you know what Abby wants to to do that but she just couldn't do it and you know the the anger he had towards Abby as well for like you've what you've done now you know this is it you've ruined it completely and the fact he's, he's furious he was too young he couldn't take them on himself or you know he just couldn't do anything about it he'll blame himself for, for a lot of that which is insane and ridiculous but again that's what children do so yeah he's really been through it mm. and what about the reaction so when Abby first appeared on the street the reactions from everyone else was it that initial ooh distrust and how quickly did that change to people being like we accept Abby well what was really good was it was it wasn't the obvious sort of characters you'd think who would sort of accept her or you know be repelled by her um it was brilliant because there's a there's a whole storyline with Fizz who's so kind-hearted and so loved and and she just wasn't happy about Abby being in the garage or anywhere near Tyrone or the children she's like keep her away from the children <laughs> um and that was brilliant because you know people surprise you don't they that's that's the other thing and it's it's crazy how people react you think these same like-minded open loving people they'd laid back and actually when their nest is ruffled they act very differently Mm. and is there much talked about actually within coronation street or in the storyline of why she ended up taking drugs i mean because everyone's got a backstory you know people who take drugs are normally some horrific childhood trauma that's gone on there's not a mass amount about backstory but i've done my own little backstory right um i don't think she has had a major massive trauma i think she's been a, a, a kind of kid who's brought herself up a little bit there's not been any money she's um perhaps been brought up by a mum. doesn't know who her dad is perhaps that kind of thing so there's no major trauma it's something that a lot of kids have and deal with mm. and she recreationally started taking drugs and fell in with her own crowd and it just escalated from there mm. i like the idea that there's not been a massive trigger for her to mm. spiral and gone down this wormhole and mm. ended up in prison and in in uh, massive addiction um and all of that because i that happens Mm. You know, but not to say that it's not traumatic. Because I guess when oh, no. you were saying that, so I sort of thought, God, that sounds rather traumatic. But of course, it is a lot of people's norms. Yeah, right? absolutely, absolutely. And not everyone spirals into that sort of pit of drugs and sort of prison. But then, then of course, lots of lots of people do too. Don't they? This is it, and it can be as simple as having an addictive personality or being in a relationship with the wrong person who ruins your self-esteem or you know gaslights mm. you or whatever it is and although that's very traumatic it's it's not a big dis- you know like a, oh that's why that happened yeah so how have your other sort of acting jobs shaped abby you were in shameless you were a prostitute i was and a prisoner's wife yeah i am um, I, I don't have to get them <laughs> what does that say about you well what does that say about me um whatever it says about me i'm extremely grateful yeah absolutely. Um, you know i i love playing strong women i love playing flawed women i love comedy i, I love all of that it's, it's as an actor that's what you want to do you want to play the interesting parts so absolutely. yeah no i mean uh, yeah i've um, had some very choice characters to play but I'm, <laughs> I'm delighted with each and every one of them so abby's quite a bubbly character on the street and and how does that lighter side of her help to connect the audience to darker, deeper parts of her? Well, I think um, what you've got to remember as well is if you're sat down in your house at 7.30 and you watch this show five times a week and you've got someone who's just doing really awful things to all your beloved friends or you feel like your friends because you see them every, you know, all week, you've just got to line that up, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> you've got to do yeah. something. Fill think, that glass of wine up again. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, you can, if you can bring a smile 
through all the sort of like whatever else you're doing, all the, the darker stuff, if you can make someone smile by japing about or just sort of being a bit nonplussed, I think nonplussed is quite a good way of looking at it. And, and you know, certainly a lot of my, I'm doing quite a lot of scenes with Cy Gregson who plays Steve and he's just a dream on every single level. I just, oh my goodness, we have such a good time. We get on so well. It's great, and if that can come across, then you know, I, I just think that's enjoyable to watch, isn't it? Just absolutely, to, and mm. and I think really important for the sense of maybe the audience to connect with someone like Abby, who's come out of prison, mm. and lots of people haven't met someone who's come out of prison or ever yeah. been in prison, and so do you think it helps, sort of, you know, I don't know, I do form a sense of attachment. I do because a, a, a lot of the feedback when you see on Twitter and stuff, I don't look a lot because you really don't want to go down that road. But um, a lot of them, don't trust her; she's a bad one. She's yeah. a bad one. Don't trust her. Nope. Don't like her. Don't like her. Um, but slowly, we've done quite. We've been doing a few scenes. Katie plays Tracy, and it's slowly now coming through. Like, oh no, they're quite funny. Yeah, it's quite funny. And you, you, they just need time to sort of mm. adjust and and realise that you know it's everything's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, we're all human beings, yeah. and it's just because someone either been in prison or come out of prison doesn't make them hugely different no, to us at all that's it and it is just breaking down those barriers isn't it it's just shining a, a, a light onto it and going look you know this has happened but you know that person is still that person who you know likes to have a laugh wants to form mm. friendships wants to have a life you know and it's all circumstantial and you, know, you have to forgive people for making mistakes and believe that people can change or you know sort themselves out with a bit of help but you've got to help them and that's the bits that that's missing is the help thank you so much for your time it's been brilliant talking to you oh it's my absolute pleasure thank you so much sally carmen who plays the troubled abby franklin in coronation street next time on justice from the cobbles of corrie in manchester to lessons from the states I'll be in conversation with clinician, consultant and lecturer, Dr Stephanie Covington, who's recognised for her pioneering work of gender-responsive and trauma-informed services. Originally, the way I was trained and what I was told is that if I was going to work clinically with a trauma survivor, I would be working with them multiple times a week for a very long period of time, three to five years, and that would be the only thing that would be effective. But over time, I've realised that that really is a misunderstanding, that we all can make a difference, that even very small things make a difference. People can make a difference in 10 minutes. That's next time on the Justice Podcast. The Justice Podcast is brought to you in association with One Small Thing. For more information, go to onesmallthing.org.uk. Justice is an MIM production. For more information, go to madeinmanchester.tv. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.